Hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. This is me attempting to record for the fourth time. Uh, Thanks for listening. Gosh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's this phone. I don't know if it's the app. I know nothing about anything when it comes to technology. So all I know is... I'm talking, talking, talking. I look down and the timer is not moving, which means that it's froze. So I've uninstalled and reinstalled the app in hopes of uh, making it happen this time. I tried last week on Thursday. I tried twice. So I'm sorry I missed last week, but just wasn't in the cards. I tried twice last week, both times, froze up, and I was like, forget it. I'm done with it. I felt really terrible sick last Thursday. I don't know what was going on. I think it's because I tried to be healthy and take vitamins, and they messed me up. That's what I'm telling myself. I'm going to keep taking them, though. I'm going to keep taking them. I'm not going to get... I'm not going to stop. So, I've even got an alarm on my phone. That's how serious I am about taking vitamins. I have to have an alarm on my phone. Yes. Um, See, I was take two today, and... uh, see how it goes last Friday I didn't work for the day because my sitter had some obligations with her older daughter and so I had the day off of work I needed to work but I couldn't work because I'm dependent on a babysitter that's the way it goes um and so I went Friday morning uh I think I've talked about this before But my younger two kids, because they are technically still foster children, they receive a benefit called WIC. stands for Women, Infant, and Children. And essentially it covers things like, up until they're a year old, it covers formula and cereal, like baby cereal, and baby food. And then once they turn a year old, it covers things like actual breakfast cereal, um, milk, I'm trying to like list them all off now that I'm thinking about it, peanut butter, beans, bread, it's not a lot, I mean it's like 10 items that it covers, and um, the biggest thing for me is the, is the formula, my hair is just in like one big tight dreadlock. It's really bad. I gotta brush it. I hate brushing my hair. My scalp is so sensitive. Even when I was little, my mom used to be like, your scalp is more sensitive than any other child in the world. And she's right. My scalp is so sensitive. On my hair, when I brush it, like, I'll lose enough hair that to, like, make a wig for a small child. Like, my hair falls out terrible when I do brush it. And if anybody can help me with this, like if you can sell me a product that will help this, I'll, I'll be your customer forever. My hairline at the front of my head is like weak, struggling. <laughs> I'm not going bald or anything, but I definitely don't have a lot of hair like around my face, my hairline. And I, I would like to. I would like to have more. So I don't know what the solution is. Rogaine? Do they sell Rogaine for women? Uh, yeah, I need something. Like, it's not a good look. And I, and I don't like it. My brother was like, oh, snap, you got dad's genetics. My dad's bald. 
It's like, thanks for that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Of course, he has a full thick head of hair. No problem. Anyway, I don't know why I started talking about hair. I was moving it off my shoulder and I felt it and realized it was in a full under lock. I got to brush. I'm going to brush it out today. Today's the day. Anyway, so um, Wick covers those things every six months. Kids have to go into their offices for a recertification. Did that. Um, I was saying the biggest thing that it helps with is formula. Um, you know, seven cans of formula a month at $20, $22 a pop, depending on what, what store you're at. So what is that? $140? Is my math right? Yeah. And, uh, that's not like, I definitely end up buying more at the end of the month. So he definitely uses more than that. And so yeah, it's a big help. I mean, I would have, I would figure it out and I would pay for it if I needed to, but I mean, it would, it ends up being probably pushing $200 a month total in formula. So to have that little bit of help is, is a good thing. It's a very good thing. So I don't know. It's, I know some people look at foster parents and think like, you're just doing it to, um, you're just doing it to make money. You're just doing it to, to, to not, so you don't have to work. Now, listen, do I know some foster parents who are only foster parents, I believe, or not only, but who they are more so foster parents to not have to work than not? Oh yeah, absolutely. Do they take care of the kids and like, meet their basic needs yeah they're not bad people but I mean if you get to the nitty-gritty and the root of it their foster parents has a job like it's <laughs> it's their full-time job because they want to they don't it's like it's 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 a job for them and it works and they're good at it and they're good at taking kids that need extra help or take I'm not saying this in a negative way I'm saying this in a way that's good because trust me some of these people who use foster care as their job essentially are taking in children that very few people would be willing to to make an attempt to take care of and so you want these people around because they are the ones who are taking children the children that are you know sometimes really difficult to care for so but just to give you a just I don't know why I feel the need to disclose this but just to give you an idea um my uh, cost of daycare alone for the month for both babies is over half, more than half of what I'm designated as what's called a a reimbursement amount for their care each month. So, um, I'm just saying that because I just don't want people to think like, oh, you're rolling in it now that you've got two foster babies or, you know, there's people in my church who have four and five kids in their home. And I mean, those, their older kids are in school, but still there's a lot of expenses. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of travel and appointments and visits and things like that that go down a lot of missed work. And so to look at someone who is a foster parent and say, well, they're just getting, they're just doing it for a check. It's just not, it's not really, it's not fair. And I'm not, (laughs) this sounds like I'm like calling somebody out. Like I, I heard somebody say this. I haven't, I haven't heard anybody say it. You just see it on TV. I think a lot of times there's just this perception on TV of like, oh, there's these foster parents. The only reason they're doing this thing, get money. And that's just not reality. Like that's just not the case. It's not really, um, yeah, it's just not how it goes down. So 
I don't know why I felt inclined to like defend myself for no reason. Like if somebody's come at me and I have to defend myself, that didn't happen. <laughs> but just to give you some knowledge, just to give you some information, it's not a, it's not a super glamorous um, lifestyle that we're leading over here. It's very uh, humble and very uh, I'm broke, basically is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Four kids are very expensive. I have been so, so very blessed. Um, like, I, just as an example, I I just randomly was, like, joking, literally, at the end of the summer, the baby was wearing nine-month, he wore nine-month clothes for the majority of the summer. And I was joking because our summer drug out really long, like, into October, it was still hot, and, like, well, maybe into September. It was still hot and like we're wearing winter clothes and shorts and stuff. And I made a joke on Facebook about how I would, I didn't care. Like I was not going to buy the next size up for the baby in summer clothes because I knew that like any day it was going to be snowing. That's just the way it goes in Ohio. And I didn't care. Like I was going to be just shoving his legs into these little shorts for until it finally cooled off. And so, just like a joke, literally, I'm not, like, looking for help. I'm just laughing because I'm literally, like, shoving his little salt, little chubby legs into this romper. And I'm just laughing, like, this poor kid, he's all squished in here like a, <laughs> like a busted can of biscuits. And so, anyway, so, of course, I have to put it on Facebook. And uh, just from doing that, I had, I think, three boxes of clothes that a friend of mine gave to me that were like 12 months but for what were for winter so and then I had uh, two whole bags like kitchen size grocery bags of clothes that were 12 months for the fall and winter that were also given to me from another friend so that's just an example of like um four kids are expensive and four kids <laughs> take a lot of financially take a lot to just keep up with but in that situation I have not had to buy him any clothes for the entire fall and winter season because I mean I can't even get them all in drawers like he's spread out over my dresser and another dresser because there's just so much and it's I'm so thankful it's so so helpful um yeah so that's just a just an idea of kind of where I'm at and and where a lot of foster parents are at is that we're not rolling in it. We're really dependent on, um, I don't know about dependent. I mean, we're just really thankful when help does come along because it, you know, where I, not only the financially, but just the time, you know, by getting those clothes and just being able to pick them up and I have them and that's it, that kept me from having to designate time to go shopping which then frees up time to where I can do other things with the kids. So if you're thinking of like this season or into the new year or you want to like do some things in your family differently as far as helping other people, if you're looking at ways like how can I help um, foster families in my area, how can I help foster children, um, a lot of what you can, uh, one thing that you can do or some things that you can do that are super, super helpful is just trying to think about things that you can donate or things that you can do that can help to free up time, um, 
I don't know if I'm explaining that very well. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. This is not, I had no intentions of <coughs> getting into this topic, but here I go anyway. Um, I have one friend who um, cleans houses like that for her full-time job. And I've definitely hired her and paid her before, but there's been a few times to where um, she has come out and cleaned the house, you know, for a period of time and has not charged me and has just done it as a, you know, a way to help. And that, you know, not only is it like, like, again, not only is it so nice financially, you know, to not have to not pay for that service and to have that help. So then that frees up money to be able to do other things for the kids, but also the time, you know, for my house to be clean, that frees up time that I can do more things with the kids. I could spend more time with them. I can, you know, feel okay about, um, just walking away from the house and, and spending, um, spending time with them doing whatever we're doing. So that's a lot of it for me is like, any help that I get pays off, you know, on the other end because it allows for me to have more time or more financial resources to do other things for the kids. So, I don't know if that is a weird... Like a meal. I know it's silly. It seems silly. Like providing a meal to a family may not seem like anything. May not seem like... Um, a big deal at all. But I remember a couple of my, I haven't really had, um, too many meals provided. Honestly, I've had like less than three or four over the past couple of years. But I remember a couple of months ago, I don't know where my one friend, um, a friend of mine brought out just like simple, like a chicken pot pie and some bread and some, you know, dessert or something fruit. And to like to her it might or to anyone it, looking at it, it might be like oh what's the big deal like why can't you just cook your own dinner why can't you just feed your children <laughs> why do you need help with bringing a meal out but what what I like the way it is for me and I'm and I know that it's not just about me being a foster parent like this is for any family like this is why we order pizza this is why we um, go out to eat because it frees up time to be able to do other things but in that moment like. I could go outside and play with the kids because I did, I wasn't having to spend an hour cooking dinner and I could help the kids with their homework more and I could, you know, engage more with them because dinner usually, usually will take an hour, you know, 30 minutes to an hour for me to cook and then, you know, another 30, 40 minutes to, so anyway, saving that hour of cook time allowed for me to spend more time with the kids um, to where I, you know, when I wasn't having to cook. Anyway, you get, you get where I'm coming from. You get what I'm saying. I know I sound like a big idiot. Like, uh, yeah, duh. I'd love to have somebody bring my family dinner and then I wouldn't have to cook and I'd have more time with my kids. I understand like that's every family. It doesn't just supply to a family who's a foster family. The difference is, I think, is that I already, on top of like the normal parenting things that I have to give my time to, I also have to give my time to things that other family, normal non-foster families don't have to give their time to. Like um, caseworkers that are going to be at my house tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Um, I've been fortunate to where I don't 
have to participate in visitation anymore. But that's another thing that a lot of families are, you know, having to give big chunks of their time each day to taking their children and visiting with biological parents. When Mia was younger for the first year of her life, every Friday night, um, we would, the kids would get off the bus, we would go pick her up from the sitter, and then we would go straight to the children's services office, and she would visit with her two hours every Friday night for an entire year. We did that. So that's what it comes down to. Like, I get it. Like, every family is busy. Every family could benefit from having a meal or having somebody to help clean or having, um, you know, anything like that set up. But in, but for foster families, there's a lot of added appointments and responsibilities that just make having a little bit of extra time here and there mean the world. So I hope that I'm explaining that well and not like, I don't mean to come across like a judgy or... (laughs) demanding or anything. I just, I think a lot of times people sit back and they look at foster families and they think, I don't know how to help them or I don't, um, I don't understand why they do need help with these things. Um, yeah, I, I, so I guess I just want to maybe try to explain kind of, kind of that side of the situation. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it on that. If you have any questions, I've said this a hundred times. I've said it on my Instagram a hundred times. If you have questions about foster care, like I just last week, I didn't mean to troll, but just last week I was, um, looking at, I don't even remember what the original post was, but this girl was commenting and saying, you know, that's my situation. I'm not in a relationship and I can't have children. And so then the person who was like, it was actually their page responded back and said, what about fostering or adoption? You should consider that. And she said, um, I'm single. Um, no agencies will allow for a single person to foster or adopt. And so I, of course, Again, I didn't mean to be trolling. I just happened to come across this and I was like, I have to say something because that's not the truth. That's not accurate. And so I spoke up and said on there like, here I am, single, adopting two children from foster care at the beginning of the year. And she wrote back and said, I'm really surprised. Um, I, the most, my feedback has been that they're looking for two parent homes. And I said, well, I don't know who you've talked to, but please message me, you know, and I can share information with you about my agency that I'm licensed with. So I just want to make sure, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions like that. There's a lot of misconceptions about, well, I'm single. I like, I see single women all the time and I'm like, you would be an excellent foster parent. You would be an amazing foster parent. You would be, you would be an incredible foster parent. Have you ever thought about it? And I don't want to like approach, approach somebody and, and put that on them. But I do think about it and I, you know, 
So if I, if there's questions that I can answer, if I can kind of dispel some urban myths or incorrect information, then I always try to do that. So if you have questions, if you have things that you've heard or things that you believe about foster care, please contact me anytime. I would love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to clear up any misconceptions that you have. And if, you know, if those questions and that information helps you to feel even one step closer to considering it, then that's, that's good for me. So, um, yeah, let me know. You can find my information in my profile. I got to motivate myself to work here for a little bit. I'll be back. All right, I'm back. So I'm just going to, um, I'm going to give a, a, a small disclaimer here before I get into my topic for this episode. And uh, you may choose to uh, just stop here and go ahead and unsubscribe, <laughs> delete, never listen again, take me off your social media, do all of those things because I'm probably going to um, offend you, offend some people and also have um, probably a really unpopular opinion on this this topic that I'm gonna I'm gonna propose here and share about and um, and probably gonna come across despite my greatest efforts to to share it in a way that's graceful and that's sensitive probably still going to come across very judgmental and um here's the only way that I can say that I I want to prove that I'm I'm not being judgmental is because I've done it I've done these things and I've made these mistakes and I and I'm reaping the consequences of them and so that's where I uh I'm not being judgmental because I've lived the I've lived it (laughs) And so it doesn't come from a place of judgment. It comes from a place of anxiety and of just feeling like I'm watching other people doing the same things that I've done. And I, and I feel really nervous and really scared for people's, for other people and for their children and their families because I know how, well, okay, I know how it played out for me. And I know what the Bible says, and I know what Jesus says, and uh, and so I kind of have a good good handle on how things might play out for other people in this situ in these situations. So I know I'm being kind of vague. I mean that doesn't make any sense, but I promise I'm going to get into it. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna start out by just telling you about um, an interaction that I had. It's been about three or four years ago when I used to work nights and weekends I would go to a women's Bible study on Thursday mornings and I had been for a lot of years trying to secure an older woman who could mentor me and challenge me who was confident in her biblical knowledge who could give me honest like honest honest hurtful honest direction and because I don't I don't know what it is about like my personality or 
I'm just mean or I'm a bitch or I don't, I don't know what it is, but I've never, I rarely, rarely have, I feel like in my life have people that are very honest with me or that confront me. And I, I'm not, I, I don't want to be a person who stays stagnant or who doesn't change or doesn't grow. And so I had been for a lot of years looking for someone who could really just come into my life and say, this, this, and this needs to change. You're doing this okay, but this is wrong. You know, just really, really lay into me, basically. And so I had been going to this Thursday morning Bible study, and for a couple of weeks, this new, this woman had been coming who was new, and then I would see her on Sundays, and she had some older children who sang in our worship um, band, and so I kind of got a handle for her family dynamics, and I really was just... I was most impressed with the fact that she was unfazed with, excuse me, with sharing during Bible study and a lot of times sharing opinions and ideas that were maybe not like the pat answer or Jesus loves everybody type answer. She was really honest and she not only, it wasn't her opinions, it was what she, she would say what she would think and then she would back it up with what the Bible would say. And I really was impressed with her. So on a whim, one day I had to leave early, I think to get my, somebody off the bus or somebody to preschool or something. And I gave her like, I just basically handed her a piece of paper with my name and my phone number and asked her to call me because I really wanted to talk to her and ask if she had ever mentored anyone before, if she'd ever had someone that she held accountable, and if she'd be willing to basically be that person for me. And so she called, and we talked, and she was on board. And she actually was the first person who I told that I was considering foster care. I had just quit at children's services and was considering, um, you know, had thought about it and was praying about it and had, she was the first person that I, uh, shared that with. So anyway, before that even happened, she came over to my home and she basically just wanted to get a rundown of where I was at in my life and my history and, and just wanted to really know everything. Um, about what all had gone on with my first marriage and my second marriage. And, and at that point, um, I think at that point, my second husband and I, we were kind of on and off. He was in and out quite a bit. I think they're in that summer, if I remember correctly. And so anyway, as I, sh- I shared my entire, basically my whole life story with her, um, I remember at one point... She looked at me and she said, you are, and your children are, your son at that point, well, no, my daughter was definitely born. She said, you are, um, you're reaping the consequences of the sin of your first marriage. And I was like, I'm sorry, you're in my home and you're telling me basically that the reason why, or one of the reasons why my second marriage is a total train wreck is because of my first marriage not, you know, falling apart. And, and so she went on to explain to me that 
what she was saying to me was there was sin that had taken place in my second marriage um, that I had, um, you know, I had essentially gone into that marriage and was not, I, I believe he's a Christian. I honestly do believe that. Um, but I don't know as far as where we stood, um, as far as our faith, I don't know if we were ever on the same page. I shared with her, um, that we had engaged, I don't know, not that I care. I was a virgin when I got married to him, but we had definitely done everything. But if you know what I'm talking about, you know, I, so I shared with her that she could just ask all the questions. She asked all the questions. She wanted to know all the nitty gritty. And so I shared with her, um, that we had engaged essentially in sexual sin before we had gotten married, that I had gotten divorced from him. And I know this is a hot topic and this is a hot, um, this is a hot area in the church, especially the Bible is pretty clear that the only grounds for divorce and trust me, I've heard this said to me a hundred times and it feels so hurtful. And I honestly, I'll say this. I don't know what the answer is. Um, and I'm going to follow it up with something else, but the Bible is pretty clear that the only grounds for divorce are in the event of affair an affair, uh, um, uh, extramarital, intercourse with someone else, you know, basically. And in, in the situation with my first husband, that had never, as far as I know, at least that had never been the case. I had never, I don't know that he had, or if he ever did, I don't know. I didn't believe that he did. The reason that we got divorced is because he was physically abusive towards me. And so that doesn't technically fall under anything that's in the Bible about grounds for divorce. I know that doesn't, I know that makes it sound like God is a monster and how could he possibly expect for someone to stay in a marriage where a spouse was abusive? I, I don't know. I remember when I first moved back to Ohio, I met with a woman who had also, um, had been divorced and was a, a survivor of domestic violence. And she essentially said to me, and this has been the one thing, like I haven't seen her in 12 years, but, um, I remember where we were sitting. I remember her face. I remember her almost exact words when she said to me, it's not in the Bible. It may be sin to be divorced from this man for these reasons. However, what you have to do is pray and ask for forgiveness and repent. And, and then, and someday you'll be in heaven and you'll answer and, and God will say, God will, you know, you'll answer for it essentially, just like any other sin that you have in your life. And you have to move forward. You can't hold that over your head. Um, you know, I had a friend who we've reconciled, you know, since then. But when I was engaged to marry my second husband, she actually emailed me and said that her and her husband could, despite the fact that she knew um, that there had been domestic violence in my first marriage, she emailed me to let me know that she was not, her and her husband could not endorse or support my second husband because in According to what they believed, the Bible said, and what they where they stood, that I wasn't I was actually biblically still married to my first husband because our marriage had never ended because he had not been there had not been any infidelity. I don't know. 
I don't know. Now that email was really hurtful and her and I completely fell out after that, after that email because there was a lot, just a lot of dynamics to it that felt so judgmental and so hurtful and why an email and anyway, since then we've recovered that relationship, but this is what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to those dynamics. Here is what I do know. And this is why, this is, here comes the part where I'm going to be offensive to people. (laughs) I do know that there is a right way to start a relationship. There's a right way to be in a relationship and there's a right way to get engaged and then to get married and then to live together and then to have children. And there's a right way to do those things in a way that is obedient and that honors God. Period. This is not a fluid area. This is not an area to where there's things that are okay and things that maybe aren't okay, but maybe they are. No, no, no. This is very black and white. And what I, again, I'm saying this because I've strayed outside of the black and white into the gray and I am reaping the consequences. My son does not have a father. To me, that is a 100% consequence of my choice to be married to someone that I knew I should not be married to, that I knew God did not have for me to be married to, yet I chose to pursue that regardless. That's a consequence of my sin and of my choices to not follow and be obedient to God. So, again, this is why, this is (laughs) what I want to say is that Recently, it seems like, you know, nothing can happen in anyone's life that they're not flooding social media with their excitement and their joy. And, if, and it's okay, it's good. That's great. Like you want to share your excitement with the world. You want to share the good things in your life with your the people that you know and the people that you are quote unquote friends with or that follow you or whatever it would be. That's great. But what has, what I have seen so much recently is a flood of Christ, people who I, not just like I'm assuming they're Christians because they're good people. No, no. People who claim God, claim Christianity, claim a faith in God, and yet are obviously making choices in their relationships that are 100% outside of God's plan for intimate relationships. For example, here it comes. Buckle up. Just buckle up because I'm telling you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm not sorry because somebody has to say these things and maybe it shouldn't be me because I'm not eloquent. I'm not using an outline. I'm not making sure that I'm saying things that are politically correct. I'm just speaking my mind at this point because I really, really, really have just been frustrated with the fact that no one is speaking up. I don't think that it's appropriate on social media to make a comment and say, "Um, I'm not happy for you that you're pregnant. I feel bad for you. I'm sorry that you're pregnant and you're not married. Uh, I don't believe that God is happy 
about this marriage because I, you've been living together for months and months and you've created something that's not real by moving in with this person and, and playing family when you're not married to them. There it is. <laughs> I just, I can't. I don't think that social media is the place to make those comments. I don't think that it's my place to ever confront you know, these people to say these things. My friend confronted me because her and I had been roommates and friends for 10 years at that point. And so she, not, well, I don't know how long, anyway, around there. And so, yeah, exactly 10 years actually. So she, we had a level of comfort to where she felt like it was appropriate to, to bring that to my attention. These people that I'm talking about are acquaintances at best. People that I've known, who I knew growing up, growing up with people that I, some of these people that I really, I don't know at all. Um, so that's where I'm at. I don't, I don't know. I I hope that I get a lot of feedback from this. I hope that people listen and that it's, that it's offensive and that I really, I want, and I don't hope that it's offensive. I I know it is offensive. I know that there are going to people that are say, how dare you, how dare you not be happy for the, for the start of a new life? Let me be clear. I am ecstatic for a baby. I'm ecstatic for God. And I'm so thankful that God has given life to this baby. Amen. 100%. Hallelujah. All of the praise. However, I feel so very sad and so very anxious because I, I, like I said, I believe 100% that there is a right way to be in a relationship and to start a family. And I feel like God lays that out for us so very clearly in the Bible. And so when I see a woman who is not married, who is obviously in a intimate sexual relationship with her boyfriend and then becomes pregnant and then posts on Facebook, praise God, this is so exciting. We're so hashtag blessed to be having this baby. I say no. I say no hashtag blessed. <laughs> I say, I say pray for the baby and pray for health for the baby and, and pray that God would be merciful because this is not the way that God has laid out for a family to start and for children to be brought into the world. And so when, so when those types of posts come up, I feel, I feel hurt in my heart. I feel sad because like I said, I am experiencing the consequences and I didn't, I didn't have children before I was married. I didn't, uh, ever move in with a, with a man before I was married to him. Now, did my second husband, he didn't ask me to marry him first. He asked me to move in with him. And what I said to him was, I don't live with a man unless I'm married to him. And so then he said, well, okay, in that case, why don't we get married? (laughs) So yeah, super romantic. But I haven't done any of those things that are to me, I think very obvious going against what the Bible, how the Bible lays out for marriage and relationships and intimacy and things. But I have definitely done things. I have definitely married someone who was not a Christian. I have definitely made sexual 
have had sexual interactions with my first and my second husband before we were married that were wrong. And I have seen where because of those sins in my marriages, in my relationships, I do believe. Now, is there any way I can pinpoint and say uh, this thing for sure is a consequence and this thing for sure is just a fluke or just what it is? No, but I do believe and I feel like I can look at my life and say, just like my mentor back then, you know, three or four years ago said to me and I agreed with her. I cried and I was so angry and it hurt so much for her to say that to me. But after time went on and after I talked to her further, I agree with her. I agree that there are things in my life with myself and with my children that played out that were consequences as a result of the sin in my life and the choices that I made that were against God's plan for my, for the, God's plan for every person for how our marriage and relationships and children are to come, come to be. So, you know, just recently, um, I want to title this podcast, Why I Didn't Tell Her Congratulations. <laughs> Why I Didn't Comment Congratulations when I saw a woman who has been very, um, very, very upfront and very visual about the fact that she's living with the, the band that she's dating. They've combined their households. They've combined their children. I mean, there are definitely now, could they be sleeping in separate bedrooms? Sure. I don't know. Like I said, these people are acquaintances at best, but I, so when I say I'm assuming that these are people who are Christians, I'm not just making that assumption. I actually visited a church and saw this woman at the church with her boyfriend, with their children. They're active in their church. They're active. Um, you know, her, her, she makes it known throughout her social media as far as her faith. And yet, they're engaged now and they're living together and there's hundreds of comments of congratulations. And all I want to say to her is no, you've got to stop. You've got to do it the right way. You've got to be obedient to what God says is the right way to start this marriage because don't start it on this foot. Don't start this relationship in a way that you're setting yourself up for what will be consequences down the road. I just want to get a hold of her and say, listen, I know you're already living together and and now you're going to be getting married, but can you not, can you maybe just backtrack and and you move out or he moves out or whatever and just, and repent and start over and and do things the right way from the beginning and and pray and, and beg God to bless your marriage as you move forward in this relationship in a way that honors God. Can you do that? That's what I want to comment. (laughs) That's my comment. Not congratulations. Not I'm so happy for you. You know what I want to comment? I'm terrified for you. I'm really nervous. I'm really sad because I hope that I don't see this play out in a really negative way. Um, I, I pray for you. I pray for your relationship. I pray for your baby. I pray for your relationship with the baby's father. Um, but look, God's not going to just turn his head to sin. He's not going to just, now thankfully he's gracious and is merciful and we live on this earth and we sin every day and he allows for us to continue to live. But he's not just going to be like, it's cool. Congratulations. I'm so happy that you finally found each other and that you're going to be married. 
No. <coughs> I mean, he's amazing. And he is a, a just God at the same time. And, he, and and there will be consequences. That's just what it is. Will we know on this earth what those consequences are? Or if they play out in our children or their children or their children? No. But it, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to happen. And so making a choice from the get-go. Like I've already decided. This is probably TMI. <laughs> But I'll say it because I know myself. I've already decided that if I meet someone, God forbid, but if I happen to meet someone who pursues me in a relationship, I have already decided 100% I will not have any physical contact with that person at all until we are married. Because I know myself. And I know that I'll justify it because I'm not a virgin anymore. Obviously, I've been married twice. I'm not a virgin anymore. So what does it matter? Uh, that's how I'll justify it. Because when you're in a moment like that, girls, boys, you know what I'm talking about. But I have decided, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to set myself up for failure again. I've already decided I will not put myself in a situation to where that's even a possibility. You're not going to be in my home alone with me. You're not going to be alone with me uh, in, in your home. None of those things are going to happen. And you know what? If I meet someone and they have a problem with those things, then they're not the right person for me. And bye. That's great. I don't want to be in another relationship anyway. Goodbye. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I hate to be a downer. I hate to be the person who's like, um, your relationship's screwed because you did it. Now, is it screwed? No. Like I said, God loves us and God's merciful and he's graceful and he can redeem even relationships that don't start in the right place or don't, you know, people who make poor choices and do things that are not the right way, not the biblical way. But, um, I don't know. I just want, I just, I just have seen these posts so many times recently and it just really, really has bothered me. And I just wanted to be, I don't know, I just wanted to be somebody who was honest and just spoke up and said, (laughs) and said the truth. I've tried to do that from day one with this podcast. This has been something that Jill, my friend Jill and I have discussed so many times on how to broach this topic without being offensive, without hurting feelings, without being, but you know what? Sometimes the truth does hurt feelings and sometimes the truth is offensive. And if I can say this to, if I can, if, if one person can listen to this and say, oh my gosh, she's like, the Bible is, the Bible is clear. Like, I didn't even think about it. We got to stop. We got to move out. We got to start over. We got to reset. We got to start out on the right foot so that God will bless our relationship and that God will bless our marriage and that we can follow the clear steps that God has laid out for relationships and for marriage and for children. We got to reset. Let's go back. If I can, if I, if I can get one person in one relationship to reset and rethink the choices that they're making from listening to this, then that's it. That's it for me. Divorce rates are 50 to 60 percent. 
Okay, so we got to really do everything that we can do to stay out of that statistic. I've been in it twice. I've contributed to that statistic twice. And so I'm trying to help as many people as I can to not also be get into that statistic. All right. So I just went and did a little bit of work. So I'm, I'm calm. I'm calmer than I was. That's what I just want. I hope you hear that, though. I hope you hear the passion in my voice and in my tone and in the way that I'm speaking because I am, I, 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 I battle depression and anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder and (laughs) mood and exhaustion and chronic fatigue and adrenal. I battle those things every single day Partly because of my biology, but largely due to the fact that I have lived a life that is completely chaotic and unstable for 12 years, 13 years, because of the poor choices that I've made in the two marriages that I've been in. Uh, And so I am passionate. I am passionate. Like, I have a lot of emotion behind the feeling this way because I would not wish this on anyone. I'm coming up on Christmas and I don't have enough money to buy gifts for my children because I've had to adjust my entire monthly budget to accommodate over $1,000 less a month from child support. This is more information than anybody needs to know. But this is what I'm saying. You don't want to deal with this stuff. You don't want to be in the situation that I'm in. Do I believe that God has ordained my steps and that this is the right path and this is my story and this is where I'm supposed to be? 100%. Does that change the fact that it's really, really freaking hard? No. It is so hard. It is so frustrating. I just got off the phone with... uh, the Child Support Enforcement Department today, who informed me that it's going to be at least another six weeks, even with the final order. even And so that's a year, over a year, of struggling financially to try to make up for that loss of income in my budget. You don't want to do this. You don't want to be in this situation. You don't want to be in this predicament that I'm in. You don't want to have to struggle. Now, you could meet your husband and, and do, or meet your wife and, and do everything exactly the way that the Bible lays out. And guess what? It's going to still be hard. It's going to still be a struggle. That's what a relationship is. But why add on top of that additional struggle, additional pain, additional frustration? Because you're not following and you're not being obedient to what God lays out and what is right for a relationship and marriage and children and on. I can beat it. I'm beating it. I'm beating a dead horse again. I don't know where that saying came from. It's terrible, but that's where it's at. Let's see how many people hate me after posting this. I don't know. I, I just, like I said, if I can keep one person from going through what I've gone through, going through what I've gone through and what I am still going through, if I can keep one relationship from being in the situations that I've been in, if I can be the voice of truth to one person, then 
3,000 people being, not that many people listen or even come close to listening, but hundreds of people, 10 people, 20 people being offended, it's, and it's worth it for me. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're offended. I'm sorry if this hits home for you. It hit home for me. I already told you that. Somebody came at me and was honest with me and it hurt and it hit home with me but I had to look at myself and I had to acknowledge that she was right and I hope that you can get offended if you do and then that you can acknowledge that it's not that I'm right look God's right okay his way is the best way his way is the best way and following his way is the best way you want the best marriage You want the best relationship? You want to have the best setup for your children? Follow God's way. Follow the way he lays it out for you. And don't try to justify anything outside of that. And don't try to uh, make any plans or set anything else, set anything up outside of God's plans. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing better than what God has for you. There's nothing better than God's plan. It is the best, 100%. I wish that I'd had somebody that would have directed me more. I wish that I would have listened to myself because I knew it. I knew that. I knew that God's way was the best and I chose my own way. And, and this is where I'm at today. And it's not, it's not great. It's not a good place to be. So um, I love God and I trust God and I'm thankful for the things that I've learned along the way. But I could have done without it. <laughs> I could have, I would have loved to be uh, still married to my first husband, and now for would, we'd be pushing, um, we'd be coming up on nine years of marriage. I would love that. That'd be amazing. Now wait a minute. That's not right. When did we get married? Two thousand, two thousand five. Nope. We got married in January of two thousand six. We'd be coming up on twelve years of marriage. Yeah, my son's twelve. Duh. 12 years of marriage. You kidding me? I would love that. I would absolutely love that. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. And that's where I'm at. And so I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep saying what's true and I'm going to keep trying to help people to avoid making the same choices that I've made that have made my life really, really hard and really, really My life's wonderful. I feel like I'm always like, my life sucks. It doesn't suck. It's just hard. It's just hard. And a lot of it has been at my own hand. And so if I can keep people from or encourage people to not do the things that I've done that have made things difficult for me, then so be it. Yeah, I'm saying the same things over and over and over because I'm nervous. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to post this. I'm going to post it. Look, I'm going to post it. I'm going to rattle the cage. I'm going to kick the cat. I'm going to do all the things to create a stir because I got to do it. I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm tired of feeling it. I'm tired of seeing the posts and feeling feeling the way that I feel when I see them on social media. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to post this and I'm hoping that it, I'm hoping that you hear me. I hope that you hear my love. I hope that you hear my heart. I hope that you hear that I care about you. I care about you if you're listening. I'm about to cry. I care. And that's why I say it. So, I hope you listen with an open heart. And uh, please email me. Please don't just get mad and like 
bash me to your friends. Please email me. Please let's talk. Please let's have a conversation about how you feel after listening. And, uh, and hopefully we can, um, we can still be friends. So <laughs> that's all I have for today. Y'all have a wonderful one. I swear it is so, it's a, it's, it's no wonder that I don't have on top of it, like added depression because of this, this weather. It is so gray and dark. I swear my headlights have been on since like 10 a.m. Just nonstop. Cause it's this, it's never, it barely got light for this day. I need some sunshine in my life. It's gray and dark and cold. Not very cold, which makes it kind of nice, but it is very gray and very dark today. But I hope you can have some sunshine in it. What is that song? I got my sunshine in my pocket. Got that good. What is that on Trolls? Oh my gosh. I love that movie. Sometimes I watch that movie when my kids aren't around. Okay? Fight me. I don't care. Alright, that's about all I did. That's it for today. I'm just, again, rambling because I'm nervous. And I don't want to stop. If I stop recording this, then that means I got to save it. And I got to post it. I'm doing it. Alright, bye. I love you. Bye.